Good morning. It is Thursday, March 3rd, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Today we begin Hebrews chapter 12, and we are going to slow down. Lately, we've been covering huge, huge sections of Scripture because the author of Hebrews has just had some big thoughts, really. But today, we're going back down to just two verses. I used to have an old manager that I worked under, and he would always say, uh, when he would get to a big point, he would say, this is the meat and potatoes. Well, we're kind of getting to the meat and potatoes of Hebrews here. The author is winding down, and he wants to exhort his audience to some very specific things. So, let's begin with Hebrews chapter 12. I'll read it for us, pray, and then we'll dive right into it. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Christ, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, as we look at the uh, first two verses of this chapter today, God, help us to slow down and concentrate on just two verses. It does seem like the last few days we've been covering 10, 20, more verses than that. And we just need your help today, Lord, to look at these and see Christ the way the author of Hebrews wants us to see Christ. We pray this thing is in his name. Amen. Well, these two verses are an amazing set of two verses. You probably have heard them before, and even out of context, they're tremendous verses. But within the context of Hebrews, now that we've covered 11 full chapters, they take on a much deeper meaning for us as readers. We just finished Hebrews chapter 11, this huge list of Old Testament patriarchs and saints, from Abraham to Isaac to Abel to Enoch to Moses to Sarah to Gideon, to Samson, and more and more and more. And the author of Hebrews now changes this tone in chapter 12 and says, Therefore, we are surrounded by so great a crowd of witnesses. And basically he's saying, these people should spur us on to do something. And then he tells us what to do. Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The author of Hebrews invites us into this metaphor, this sports metaphor that we've seen in the writings of Paul. When he was writing to Timothy saying, I've run the race. Similarly, the author of Hebrews is using the same kind of language. He's inviting us as believers, surrounded by this cloud of witnesses who by faith held on to the promises of the Old Testament and looked forward to Christ to do the same thing. Let's run. Lay aside the weight of sin. We can't run when weight is weighing us down. This is an obvious thing. If you were to go run a marathon, the last thing you want to do is put on a backpack with a whole bunch of books in it. That's how the author of Hebrews describes the sin that clings so closely to us. But instead, to run with endurance the race that is set before us. None of us know how long our race is going to be but we're called to run until it is over. And the way we do this is in a very specific way. We run looking at Jesus, the one who founded and perfected our faith. The author of Hebrews has spent a long time talking about these two ideas. 
that Jesus founded our faith and perfected our faith. I mean, he spent 11 chapters talking about it and now shows that Jesus had run a similar race, a joy that was set before him. But in his race, he endured the cross and despised the shame all for one thing, his prize, the crown, where he now sits at the right hand of the throne of God, which should immediately hearken us back to the first few verses of this book. Do you remember what it says in Hebrews 1? Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by his word. After making purification for sins, he, that's his race, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name for which he inherited is more excellent than theirs. Do you remember those verses? Well, the author of Hebrews is inviting us, as his readers, to look back on those verses and remember who Jesus is, the one who ran a race, who bore the weight of the cross, who was shamed, and even while he despised the shame, was looking forward to the crown, where he would sit on the right hand of the Father. My friends, as we kind of start looking at the end of this book now, the author of Hebrews is exhorting us. Are we running the race? The author of Hebrews invites us to run. There should be no weight holding us back. He's covered a lot of topics in this book, and so many of them freeing. The freedom to know that we're held within the Father's hand. The freedom to know that the promises that have been put down from the eternity past, before creation was ever in motion, have come true. And all of these men and women moved forward with faith. With what freedom we have to believe in a God like that. We can run, looking to the one who is the source of our faith, the perfecter of our faith in Jesus Christ. Let me close this in prayer. Father, as we begin to close this book, God, won't you help us to see the huge argument that the author of Hebrews has made over 11 chapters and now apply them to our lives. He is inviting us to run a race in a certain way. God, help us to be obedient. That's all we ever want. It's why we come to your word, to learn more about you, to learn more about ourselves so that we could see more clearly with your eyes, so that our lives would look more like yours, so that our hearts can worship you. As you are revealed in scripture, Lord, we want to be obedient. We want to live holy lives. We want to be godly. And the author of Hebrews is inviting us to do exactly that. Lord, we know that we can't do this without you. Because in fact, you are the source and the perfecter of our faith. For us to go it alone is foolishness. We need you, Father. We need your word. We need a hunger for your word. We need to be on our knees constantly. Communing with our Father God. So Lord, as we go into our Thursday today, with these two verses on our mind, would you change our hearts or renew our minds to make them look more and more like you? We pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.